Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you. The title of the podcast today is Does Jesus Get Us? And if you're catching that reference, uh, what it's referring to is um, an ad campaign uh, put on by a group. It might just be called He Gets Us. I'm not sure if there's a, a bigger or, or a more umbrella name for the group, but for a number of years now, um, maybe you've seen ads that focus on Jesus, and uh, the message of the ad is just that he gets us. And um, these ads have run in uh, in settings as big as the Super Bowl. So actually, just th- if you're watching the Super Bowl amid the Doritos commercials and Lay's, and I don't even know what else there was, um, this group ran an ad, uh, Jesus Gets Us. And so what we want to talk about today on the podcast is what should we make of that? Uh, what is it? What do we? What should we understand when we think about the phrase "Jesus gets us"? Um, what would be a biblical way of understanding that? And then maybe just trying to think about uh, what could be less than helpful about this um, this ad campaign and, and the heart behind it. So, Mike, let me just turn it over to you. I think you've actually thought about this more than I have. So, can you give us any additional context and then just kind of just dive in? Just where's your mind at when it comes to the? The campaign, what um, what might be good about the ad that ran in the Super Bowl? What could be not so good? I'll just leave it open-ended for you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I guess I was the one who saw the ad. I saw it, it was early on, I think. And I, I came across it even last year when it surfaced last year. I remember thinking at the time, like, it seems a little off. Like, there's something about it that's like, feels like it has a um, another agenda. And um, I was kind of queasy last year when it first surfaced, but then... This year, even more so, and I, it feels like a big Nerf bat that we're getting pummeled with uh, saying Christians aren't loving, okay? Uh, which, by the way, is true sometimes. Christians are not sometimes loving, but everyone is that way, and everyone is unkind. And it's like, well, we're called to do what Jesus commanded, and we imperfectly do it. We're called to love God, love one another, and love others. We're called to be compassionate and merciful and all of that, and we're called to preach the gospel, and what the He Gets Us campaign doesn't do is preach the gospel. It basically co-ops Jesus into this kind of, un, for the, for the Bible-believing uh, the Bible believing Christian, it just kind of go, it makes you go, wait a minute. And so, you know, you have to, you could use it as a corrective springboard, I guess. Uh, that would be the most loving and humble, bold thing to do is like, look, He does get us and we're wicked. We're, we're lost in sin apart from him. And he died in our place at the cross, shedding his blood as our substitute. And because of our many sins, and everyone has many sins, because of our many sins, we must turn from our sins and trust Christ, or we will be lost forever in hell. And I think that's what's missing in this. And I think if you want to use it as a tee-off, that's fine. But it, it takes you in a direction that doesn't take you to what I just said. And so... Um, you know, it's kind of a bait and switch, which I don't think is loving. It it uses false dichotomies. I I mentioned this uh, to someone earlier today, but uh, the one at the Super Bowl had a, uh, one of the scenes was in front of an abortion clinic. And it basically, all the scenes were of washing feet, which is interesting because our, our tradition of churches washes feet and they basically didn't give the true meaning of the washing of the feet from John 13. Mm. Okay. So that there's that, but, um, that aside, the, the, the sweet picture. I mean, we're in, sitting in my office at Grace Church of Orange. We're looking on the wall. Just I'm pointing right at it. There's a picture of Jesus washing 
feet. Okay. It's a beautiful picture. It's called the servant. And so I, I look at that like all day long while I'm sitting at my, at my desk washing feet. So I think it had a, a, a particular impact on me because that is a touching scene. And they did give some touching scenes. Some seem to be uh, condemning certain people, which is interesting. They talked about how he gets us now. He's, he's loving, but they were trying to make the point that if you, the abortion clinic one was someone washing feet and then there were picketers on this other side. Oh, the- and it's a false dichotomy. Like if you wash the feet, you wouldn't ever pick it. Or if you would, if you pick it, you would never wash the feet. Right. right. And right. it's like the only thing they would have had to do. And, and maybe I should look back and see if it's that way. But the picketer, if they had a sign as well, you know, and washing the feet, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, look, people are out there picketing an abortion clinic because, because babies are being murdered every day and they're compassionate about that. And they want women to know there's another, there are other options. So anyway, so this this thing was a bait and switch, and it it also leads someone to think, I don't need to repent of my sins. I don't even need to believe in Jesus. I just need to kind of co-opt him and say, Jesus gets me, so I can be however I want. And in fact, there was a, a Babylon Bee thing that basically I was reading this morning that said, millions of people on their way to hell now know that Jesus gets them. And so they don't, and, and it was an interesting, it, you know, it's, it's all satire. And it's like um, this LGBTQ person that said, I, I was starting to realize that something's wrong with my life and I need to make some changes. But then I saw that, that, he, that, that Jesus that he gets, gets me, me, so I'm going to stay right where I'm at. And, and, and then had like all these other examples like that. And so don't bait and switch people and don't use false dichotomies. We need to speak the truth in love. And what the He Gets Us campaign doesn't do is it doesn't even tee you up to, to um, no. speak the truth in love. What you'd have to do is say, okay, I saw that and let's just kind of, go in a different direction. You don't have to refute it fully. I think you just can preach the gospel to someone you know, unless they come to you and say, hey, hey, here's what I found out. You know, Jesus gets me and uh, it's all about me. In in fact, if you look, I was looking on their frequently asked questions on the hegetsus.com and it's just like literally playing into whatever people want. It's whatever you want. It's a designer Jesus, okay? And uh, listen to this. Uh, the, the first three questions, what's your agenda? Are you trying to get people to go to church? And what is your stance on the LGBTQ community? Click that one. These are probably the most common questions we received. And we understand why. Many of those who represent Jesus have made people in the LGBTQ plus community feel judged and excluded. And others in the Jesus community have simply ignored their stories and lived experiences. So let's be clear in our opinion. Jesus loves gay people and Jesus loves trans people. The LGBTQ plus community, like all people, is invited to explore the story of Jesus. Consider how the example of unconditional love, grace, and forgiveness of others. No matter who you are, you are invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider what it means for your life. Uh, it goes on at one point and talks about like that you would have forgiveness of yourself or something like that. And it's just like, Wow, it, it's startling how much they have co-opted the world's view and the world's way of saying things. And we should be winsome. We should be, um, you know, very kind and, and engaging with people. But to to ex- to express it this way, you can you you know you can uh, say um, many of these who represent Jesus have made people in the blank community feel judged and excluded. You can also say many of those in the LGBTQ plus community have made people who who represent Jesus feel judged and concluded. I mean, it's like, come on, what are we, do, what are we trying to do here? Yeah. So I feel like it's this, it's probably not a Nerf bat, it's just a big bat trying to club Christians into not being truthful. And if, if, it, was, if it was about, hey, could you just be more loving? 
Well, that's great, but why did it go to billions of people? Uh, the Super Bowl. There's there's an underlying agenda here. Yeah, yeah. On their website, they have a section that says he gets us has an agenda. Yeah. So you can you can if you're on the website, you can pull up. Oh, can I? What's read? your agenda? Yeah, I got that. That's the first question on the FAQs. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Can I read a section? I want to see what you, just yeah. what you would say yeah, in response yeah. to this. This I'll read for a bit here. Throughout our shared history, Jesus has represented the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to. And through and though some no longer believe in God, most are still compelled by the idea of a person capable of unconditional love for others despite their differences. But many of us simply cannot reconcile the idea of that person with the way our culture experiences religion today. Whether it's hypocrisy and discrimination in the church, or scandals both real and perceived among religious leaders, or the polarization of our politics, many have relegated Jesus from the world's greatest love story to just another tactic used to intensify our deep cultural divisions. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. in response to that? Yeah, no, I've read all of that, yeah, uh, yeah. and I, you know, and I'm on that right now. And it's like the more ideologically defensive we become, the more we're willing to sacrifice things like kindness, patience, and respect, add dignity of others for the sake of victory. Only right. problem with this is yeah, push this back. Me- I think, I think well, you read a- it, and it, it almost sounds compelling. But so this is a message for the church, not the whole world. That you, to say that is it, that would be airing the dirty laundry. That's like Christians are bad, except for our brand. And it's like that's how many church plants do that? They go to a place and they say we're going to the darkest place around. And there's a lot of good churches in the town, but they're like, we're the ones that are going to do it right. And if you've been disenfranchised from the church and really they just get people from other churches, this here is there. It it reeks to me of this. um, Of we, okay, let me read you this. We've done a lot of homework on our culture. I read this this morning. We researched how people feel about each other and what they think about Jesus and Christianity. We've connected with thousands of people of various faith traditions and those who claim no religion. We spoke to all kinds of people, different backgrounds, beliefs, and yes, political affiliations. And this is what we learned. From politics to, to sexuality and religion, so many of us feel like our values, beliefs, and identities are under attack by ideological others around us. Many perceive those who differ with them as issues of justice, dignity, on justice, issues of justice, dignity, and humanity as not just wrong or misguided, but also evil as enemies. We often see these others as closed-minded, selfish, hypocritical. And if we're honest, many of us respond in kind. The more ideologically defensive, then go on to that. And at the heart of this, of the conflicts, is fundamental disagreements about what it means to be good. And it just goes on and on. Throughout our shared history, the ultimate good that humankind is capable of, of aspiring to. And though some no longer believe in God, most are still compelled by the idea of a person capable. You've already read this. Um, but many of us cannot reconcile the idea of that person with the way our culture experiences religion today, whether it's hypocrisy and discrimination in the church or scandals both real. And you again, you just read that. And I'd be like, really? That's so should the apostles have, should the apostles have gone out with that? Should the apostles have gone out with that message instead of the one they took? Like, we're supposed to be taking the same message the apostles went out with. And uh, you could say, well, there was less junk going on. Really? Mm. They were dealing with Judaism. Mm. They were dealing with paganism. They were dealing with outright, uh, I'm, I'm preaching through Ephesus. What they were dealing with in Ephesus was far worse than what we see when you go down into downtown L.A., or what you do, what, I'm just saying like, really? And the ingrained ideas and all of that. So I feel like we're playing in, or we're, we're in danger of playing into the, the pressure from the culture to speak and look and say things just the way, you know, he gets us wants to do. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, I don't know many, do you, do you know many Christians that are like curmudgeonly and don't really want to like help people and don't really want to, I don't, you know, I know some people that are like that, but Christians and non-Christians, 
but I know more non-Christians like that. Mm. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. people that are like, hey, watch out what you say around that person. Sure, there's people in the church like that, but the majority are like, we want to follow Jesus. We want to reach people with the gospel. Yeah. So anyway, I, I feel like this can get in the way of that because now you're like, hey, if, if you don't do it the way he gets us, but they told me that I'm okay. Oh, right. He yeah. gets me just the way I am. And yeah. It's like, I just wonder, I think for the person who's not a believer, do they really even, are they even thinking at that level? Are they feeling so comforted that Je- they, they probably just write it off? They're like, Jesus is, what? who's Jesus? Who cares? You know? Do you think that, do you think there are people who watched the Super Bowl as unbelievers and saw that commercial and it was, it was powerful for them? Yes, I do. And what do you think? It's the, what it's, was the, here's who's cheering. Yeah. Let me tell you who's cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the churches that say it's okay to, to have a gay pastor yep. or to have a lesbian uh, sure. elder, elder women. He gets that are, uh, yeah. Well, of course. And yeah. that they're doing gay marriages because what, what, what is being pressed upon us is, you must accept every lifestyle and every permutation of sin yeah. um, or else you're not loving. That's exactly what they're saying. Right. Um, if not, if not, then where, then it's a big bait and switch. I think it is. I, I think I, I definitely think that some people watched it and it was powerful for them. Um, I don't, I don't know what it's a bait and switch towards necessarily. I think it's almost just like, let me show you down this road. And then the guide leaves after the first step. And yeah. you and you're left just yeah. going. Where, where am I supposed to walk now? You know? Speaking so, of that, yeah. yeah, it says on their website you can get into a local group. So I clicked five different times. Five, they took me down this path, and then there was no. There was oh, okay. I was going to so fall off the as, porch. Not, yeah. yeah, there was no. <laughs> well, that's steps kind of. After I mean, this. even their website is a good example. If yeah. you go to their website, he gets us I browsed it in the past, and you can't find the gospel. No, on it, you no. know. And so all you can find is invitations, like you just read to explore the story of Jesus, to maybe reconsider Jesus as the ultimate example of love. But you can't find anything that approaches God's understanding of the world, of right. humanity, of what of what Christ has done, yeah. and who he is to bring us to God. So well, there's example, nothing about that. Yeah, for example, uh, the the Mormons have done, I think they've done Super Bowl ads, or they've done some kind of ads that are, there's campaigns, right? And it's like, okay, if we think that that's going to do something, okay, I will say this, we're talking about it right now. So it did something, it did okay? Something. Yeah. Christians are talking about it because they realize that's not accurate. And yeah, you can't find the gospel on here because they're saying, well, we're Christians and some of us believe Jesus is the son of God, but some of us just want to be love everyone, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. Okay, there's that, but here's the thing. There was one and that I um, that I saw today that says the Super Bowl, that he gets us ad that should have been played. And so someone used the same colors and did all this. And every picture was, it said like former witch, former uh, this, former that, uh, former abortion doctor, whatever it was. they and, and I think they were trying to match up with what was being shown. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they said former. All, the yellow was former and it had what they used to be. And then it said, um, he does get us. And, and he doesn't just get us. He saves us and redeems us. And, yeah. and it was the Bible verse from 1 Corinthians. Such were some of you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, well, that that's... shows a picture of repentance that shows a picture of I was, you know, I once was lost and now I've been found. Right. But that's this is completely missing in the He Gets Us campaign. Is right. any semblance of you're a sinner separated from God because the world doesn't like that. And when when they said we did our homework on the world and we we're gonna give you what you want, yes, here's what I think people did. They went away from that, and I, I think there be could be uh, thousands upon thousands, hundred thousands where they would say, I'm just fine. I'm just fine the way I am and I don't need to repent. I don't need, so they're going to hear the gospel and go, nope, he gets me. 
Okay. It's like when I, I was, I was officiating a funeral recently and a very kind man, um, was asked by the family to be part of the, of the, um, ceremony. Mm -hmm. And he had a different faith tradition as us. I'm just going to keep it very general right now because I yeah, want to be respectful. And again, nice guy. We've, we've talked. We, we knew we were both going to kind of do some officiating. And so I did the first part. He did the second part. But the second part, I'm like, oh, no. He's saying things that kind of unravel, unravel what I just said. Yeah. So I asked him afterwards. I said, with all due respect, I really do want to have a conversation with you about this. I didn't say it that same day. A couple days later, I, I got a hold of him. I said, did you see anything different in what you said and what I said? And he wrote me back a, a while later and he goes, no, I think what, what you said, I, I, I had no problem with what you said. And I'm wondering, was there anything I said that you would hmm. have questions or, con or concerns about? And I said, yes. And I gave him two very clear examples. And I said, we're using the same words, but we're meaning different things. And one has to do with, it has to do with how you're going to get to heaven. It has to do with what makes you a Christian. And their tradition believes that when you get baptized as a little baby, it plants faith in your heart such that you don't need anything else. You're, you're, you're basically regenerated at that point. And I'm like, Jesus says you need to repent and believe, then be baptized, and that you know God does the saving. And so I kind of explained that, and I'm still waiting for his response, and I, I'm hmm. sure he will respond. I said, I really mean this respectfully, but I do believe I'm very concerned that people hear the truth about what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be saved. And so this is where I think we have the issue with the, the He Gets Us campaign. It, it, it obscures or obliterates that. So here's what I would do. If I come up to some, I'm not going to be picketing with, you know, uh, you know, about this campaign. If someone brought it up to me, again, no neighbor, no neighbor, no, no person out in the world has said a word to me about it. Yeah. But if they do, I would just say, you know, uh, what did you think about it? See what they say. And then I would um, attempt to explain who Jesus is and what he did Yeah, in a very calm and collective manner. Right. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. This is Tearing for Christians. Nothing apart. Right, this right. is for Christians. Right. And this is where I'm saying like they, sh uh, what they're saying, the message they're saying, yeah, say it loud and clear. I think we're trying to say that all the time is don't be hateful. Don't be unloving. You need to not uh, condemn people for their sins. Okay. God's the one who judges. Yeah. Okay. You need to not condone and celebrate sin, but you should call people to faith and repentance. Right. And so, we're always saying that, but what they're saying is, hey, world, we realize that some people that follow Jesus are real jerks. Period. But Jesus gets you. you yeah, know? yeah. And it's like, wait yeah. a minute. And yeah, we're not like Christ like we should be. But seriously, to, to basically like make a broad brush like that, most of the church I know of is, is sincere. People are sincere believers that are struggling with their own sin. But when they give their testimony, they're like, I'm perfect. I'm good. And God made me better. No, yeah. they're like, I was lost in darkness yeah. night. Yeah. Thought I knew the way. So anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm strong about this. I realized that what you, the way you said it, I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I would say like this kind of stuff riles me up. I, I came from a, from a non-Christian background that basically did, did obscure the truth. Okay. And right. I was in a, in a Christian church that was teaching that Jesus isn't God and the Bible's not true. And that to get saved, you just get baptized. So you, so everybody who's listening, understand my background. I didn't get saved until I was 20 years old. Understand that I'm going to be a little stronger on stuff like this when it's, and I'm not saying that you're not strong on stuff like this. I'm saying like, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to, this is going to get me a little more, I think at times, because I'm like, I don't think it's generational. I think it's, uh, everyone in my family thinks this is ridiculous, by the way, from the youngest to the oldest. 
uh, the, the, uh, the, um, he gets us campaign. Yeah. Everyone's reaction was, you gotta be, you gotta kidding, be kidding me. me. Yeah. yeah. I don't, so I, I, I so think the sheriff family is just very, very strong opinion. <laughs> I won't, I won't comment. You, you won't disagree <laughs> with that. I won't that. disagree and I won't comment. Uh, they got it from their dad. Um, I was just going to say, I don't know. And I, I haven't thought this through very far, but I just wondered to what degree the all press is good press idea could apply. Oh yeah. I, I agree to, with you on that. I totally agree with you on just that. Just in the sense yes. that there's millions of people yeah. who Jesus might barely ever flick across their radar. Yes. And now a group has paid millions of dollars to have 15 seconds of their attention and it would surface for them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What about him? You know, yes. if it's just for those few seconds. And so who knows, you know, maybe there's good conversations that come out of this, even though I'm so with you, Mike, that the group itself, I think they basically, again, they take people by the hand and say, Hey, let me remove a barrier that you could potentially have in coming to Jesus. And then they kind of just drop them in the desert and don't give them the water, you right, know, which is life, the, the gospel. Yeah. So, so I'm with you that I think that some of what's going on in their approach makes no, it makes no sense according to, I think what would be honoring to Christ. But yeah, I just, that all press is good press. idea. You can take that in a terrible direction. Well, I just, yeah. part of me is, and I know it's not an exact one-to-one -one situation, but when Paul says in Philippians, some preach Christ out of envy and, envy and rivalry, hoping to stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains, but Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Now, the pushback is, was Christ preached? I was going to say, right? Christ has not been preached. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm, Christ I'm, was name-checked or, or co-opted. I'm yeah. good with that. But I just wonder if Paul, you know, if he would... It, well, I'd just like to hear his take on this. And well, he might burn it down and say, this is horrible. Here, let me burn you down for a second. Please. Remember when Peter was not being straightforward about the gospel? I do. Okay. And uh, what do you remember when uh, when uh, in Galatians 1, when and he says, if anyone preaches a different gospel, let him be... What what was that word again? Accursed? Accursed. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, and remember uh, in, in Galatians 2... That's that's when he opposed Peter to his face yes. in front of everyone. Okay, yes. so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call something on that and go. You know what? Here's the deal. You can't. Um, we can't say they preach the gospel. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly that Jesus' name was out there. Okay, so all press. But the thing is, it was just like right. all, it, it's very. The Mormon Church could have put that out, You're right? right. Yeah. So I yeah. would say that I go back to my first point: use it as a corrective springboard. That's it. Without having to do that's a lot of corrective, point. use it as a spr as use a it as a springboard. Right. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. But yeah. I want you to have the last word because I've been pretty boisterous today. So you go. <laughs> you go. No, I, I think I would. I wouldn't push back against what you just said at all. I'm, I'm with you. I think the group. I just would. I'd be interested to ask some people in the group. I don't even know if they have leaders. You know, it sounds like they're such a kind of just. Uh, I don't even know the right word, you know, just a collective, right? But yeah. um, I'd just be curious to hear if if you ask them the question, did you intend to preach a gospel or the gospel in that ad? I wonder if they'd say, no, we didn't intend to preach the gospel. We were just trying to tear down one barrier that we've identified as a common barrier that that, that keeps people from ever inching any closer to considering the message of the gospel. And that could be, but I think the danger would be, you know, even if they're saying, we're not preaching the gospel. People are hearing a gospel and the gospel, the good news is, oh, he gets us, you know, so you can take that as your whole package and, and go home with it. But anyways, Mike, I appreciate your thoughts. I think, I think it's helpful. Listeners, hope that was helpful to you. Maybe make some, made some sense of what you saw if you were watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. So we're uh, thankful for you. We pray for you throughout the week. I uh, hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you.